Well, all right. So how are we structuring this jazz today? Because obviously we're an AEW podcast at this point, right? We're not even talking WWE. Well, I mean, this episode, at least it's, it's really hard to remember anything else that happened in the last seven days, except yeah. Sunday night. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing WWE wise that's even relevant is the fact that they hinted at demon Balor. And of course the first thing everyone goes to is the fiend. And did you see Finn Balor's comments from over the weekend where he's like, I don't need WWE. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no, I did not you guys, see that. Did you guys see Mick Foley going in on WWE? Yes. I he saw was, that this morning. He was very nice about it though. Cause I yeah, retweeted I, that jazz. Like he was, I think, I think Mick Foley came from a genuine place of like concern yes. and like, he's just like, you know, more, you know, he, he is a nice man. So he's not going to be like, get your fucking shit together. Like, right. that's not his style. Um, I hope Steve Austin says something like that. That would be dope as hell. Because, like, all these, it just, there's, it doesn't make sense. Like, it shouldn't right. be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Nope. It's crazy. Well, it's just because, like, yes, there's legitimate co- uh, competition, which is great. Yes. But it's not just that AEW is doing great is WWE is just fucking dropping the ball on everything at the same time as AEW doing great. Okay. So the quote, uh, Baylor said, speaking to DAZN in 2016, I was too eager to please right now. I don't really care what people think. I think the real difference in the point where I'm at now in my career is in 2016, I needed WWE. I needed the limelight and I needed to prove myself in the biggest stage. I feel right now in 2021, no offense, but I don't need WWE. They Ooh. don't need me, that's for sure. But I don't Ooh. need them. Wow. Jesus. Fergal. Goodness. Yeah, that's the Ooh. that's the one, Shawnee. It's the cultaholic. That's the one I found. Wow. Also. So all running bullet for clubs, title. the bullet club multiverse, the yeah. bullet club multiverse. And yeah. it's, it, it's a fascinating one. Also, I think so far current potential title of that is, is Fergal goodness. Goodness. Um, be, or because I think it'd be an interesting plot twist from something non AEW or unless yeah. we're just gonna be like, look, we're just talking about all out this entire episode. <laughs> Let's. Come on. Oh, let's yeah. let's just be right up front. Justin, is there anything to say about WWE this week? Did you catch any of it? I, I wa- honestly, I ha- I watched Raw. I have not watched SmackDown through yet. I but I saw stuff on it. I and I, I watched last week's Raw. I didn't even watch last night's Raw. Mm. So, outside of the Demon, you know, and everyone going to the Fiend, um. I don't think really there's oh and everyone's pissed off that Jeff Hardy is now in the 24-7 title picture. I don't know if you guys seen that, but that was like the trend from last night's Raw. Yeah. Was the fact that Jeff Hardy is now one of many just chasing the 24-7 title. Oh boy. Well, he saw Reginald jumping off high stuff and he's like, yo, that's my gimmick. Yep. Cut it out. That's why. So if they just like pulled the trigger and made Biggie the the champion on raw next week would that move the needle at all sure i mean it's a moment it'd be a, a good moment but for the sake of like moments is not going to save raw specifically right now they need a good long t- a good run of good storytelling good matches good shows and One now we're moment, 
the opposite end of we make we've been making you know making jokes for a long time that you don't like the roster swelling in AEW. Obviously, we're going to re-examine that whole situation today. But the contraction of the like, is there any like who's sitting and catering where you're like, boy, if they can just if this person can come out there and catch a spark, I'll be really excited. They're they're all gone, all of them. Yeah, you know, like seriously if bo dallas is on the roster i might make the case hey maybe it's bo's time and i have a little shred of hope they, they just blew everything out they're yeah. just like uh, all history retconned all the people you like gone yeah, okay th- cool cool i think it, i think it would legitimately be beneficial right now for wwe to scrap rosters to specific shows yeah. because you don't have enough right now you don't you know especially for a three-hour raw you don't the fact that we get three segments involving the same four superstars and it's a tag match and then it's a singles match as at least raw specifically put the rosters together put all the storylines on both shows and just spread it out evenly in different ways each week that'll be it'll make it a little more fun to watch cuz it's a little less predictable you don't know what's going to happen are we going to focus on roman reigns tonight on raw or we focus on uh, Bobby Lashley, or maybe we won't focus on Bobby Lashley till SmackDown. Like you can, you know, you can mix up the storylines, make it a little m- less predictable, especially with a three-hour RAW. Has anyone in this room ever been super excited when a singles match gets turned into a tag match, or vice versa on TV? No. And like, oh, so now I'm going to be watching the same couple of people for nope. the next half an hour <laughs> instead of kind of getting my variety show fix. No player. I've never been excited I, about that ever. I, I expected that was the answer, but I really would love to hear from somebody that was like, man, you know what I needed more of AJ styles. So let's put him in a tag match next. I love what? that. They get rid of those, the dead weight, uh, good brothers and replace them with almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and again, it's another thing too. You can tell they're struggling on raw specifically when they, it happens every week when they take two tag teams, split them into singles matches, and it's back to back. Right. You know what I mean? And so the same people stay out there. Oh, now now these two are going up uh, up against each other. Coming up next, go to commercial, and the same fucking people are still out there. Going back to Shawnee's question, um, considering how they handled Nikki uh, Ash and her Money in the Bank victory, I, I. I wouldn't be excited to see Biggie cash in money in the bank at this point. Cause I don't trust that he's not going to, you know, lose to Bobby Lashley in the rematch three weeks from now. Well, I think they still want Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at some point. And I, I saw something in the sense of, you know, survivor series, they usually do champion versus champion. And if they have Brock beat Roman before survivor series, and Bobby Lashley hangs on to the title, that's when we'll get Lashley and Lesnar. So that just means some way, somehow, Bobby Lashley has to be champion in November. At least that's the way it's looking like right now. I wouldn't be mad at either Big E versus Roman or Big E versus Lesnar. But I no, mean, but, I, but again, it's, I all, think that's it's an- all fantasy booking at this point. Well, I think that's another thing WWE needs to really like. I know we've I've been saying this, and a lot of people have been saying this for a minute. They need to step away from the part timers. They really do. The Brock Lesnar's and the Goldbergs of the world. You have even John Cena. You have to send them home. You have to put the more focus on the full time guys because that's what that's what makes AEW fun. Outside of everything else, which we'll get into, 
It's the fact that like every match at All Out, for the most part, Paul White's the exception, but that was a minor match. It did. It did what it had to do. That sure, match sure. had that match had to give the every, the people a break. Sure, so right. they could go into the main event. But please continue, Justin. So every match at All Out in, involves superstars that are wrestling full time right now that you know are going to be on Dynamite this week and Rampage, and it's going to continue the storyline. Uh, there's no as great as the John Cena return was, and it was fun at Money in the Bank. You knew John Cena was going home after the summer. So you knew when he faced Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, as great as that match looks on paper, we know Roman's going to win because Cena's going to fuck home. Goldberg, you know, comes back. We know Goldberg's in and out. And so it's either they put the title on him and now we don't have the title on TV for a few weeks. And now that's why we don't want to watch. Or we have a predictable match in, it, with Goldberg or Lesnar or whoever involved. And God knows I love piling on Goldberg. So I'm, I'm you know, biased but like two days before SummerSlam he has an interview and he's like well I've only got two uh, matches a year on my contract and uh, this is the second one so you won't be seeing me for a while <laughs> yeah, what like... say, motherfucker how <laughs> stupid are you right <laughs> I, so that's the thing WWE need get, needs to get away from especially because AEW has so much star power so much full time star power yeah. right now Guys that are going to be around every show, every week, every pay-per-view. It makes the matches less predictable. It makes the stories better and more fun to follow. I mean, and again, we'll get into AEW specifically, but I mean, that's a big step WWE needs to, needs to make. You need to find your, your stars that are going to be around full-time and tell the rest, you know, you can make your appearances, but stop putting them in the title picture. Stop putting them in as your main matches of the big pay-per-views. The main matches of, of the top four pay-per-views should be showcasing the talent you have now, not the same talent that we've been watching for 20 years, who hasn't right. been around for a year, who's not going to be around tomorrow night on Raw. I think that's the most important part of your argument is that if a guy's coming in for four to six weeks, he shouldn't be in the main event. Like the fact that he's coming back, whether it's John Cena or The Undertaker or even Brock Lesnar, the fact that he's going to face somebody should be the attraction. You shouldn't have to stick them in a title match as an attraction when we know that they're either, as Brock Lesnar has proven, going to win a title and then fuck off for six months and we just won't have a title right. or they're going to lose. Yeah, that's, a, that's that's an excellent call. I agree with that 100%, but you know, at this point, I think that WWEs are just broken, and uh, yeah. I'll be watching a lot more dark and elevate. I think it's uh, it's a part of the um, the playbook that Vince McMahon has used for decades that has worked for decades, but now he's you know it's I don't I don't know if the rules have changed or if just we as an audience uh, expect more now. All right, are we ready to start the show? <laughs> I'm no joke. I'm like, are we gonna have a proper intro? I don't, nope. I just don't know anymore. Nope. We're just gonna fuck it. We're gonna talk. Nope. We're all fired up. We saw a new all right. Enough shredding WWE. This is a positive show. Welcome to the One Fall Show, everybody. My name is Shawnee Constant. I am here with my panel, and of course, uh, our our North Star, our guiding light, uh, our our uh, our our boat keeper across the river sticks i don't know oral uh, compass oral compass he said moral compass moral compass yeah moral compass award-winning not wrong erica banis how you doing erica 
I totally forgot that I'm award winning and the award is still on the kitchen table. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I, I'm doing really great right now. Um, I have a bunch of like edible glitter um, and I put it in my wine and you can't really tell um, on our little Zoom chat. But let me tell you, it's it's it is it is sparkly goodness in this glass. So I we're going to talk about all out. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. Talk about a positive podcast. Oh, oh my God. This oh, episode whoa, through whoa, the roof. Whoa, whoa. The, the huge reveal at the beginning, the butcher's back. Woo! I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool. Good for him. He's off tour or whatever. Um, I, I mean, should we just get, uh, well, you got to introduce the other, other boys, but uh, I figure you and I would do just like a tight 10 minutes on Minoru Suzuki. You and I, oh, Johnny. Yes. Oh, oh, so, yes. oh but, yes. But please introduce oh, introduce the team. Justin, Chuck, how y'all doing? Did you enjoy AEW? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. We're Very here much too. so. I you know, you can't give either of us a big intro because after you introduce if you do introduce Erica first, then it's all downhill from there. Oh, for sure. So you guys. Although listen, I did we haven't won awards. Yeah, for haven't won awards. Not a single I was, award. I was, yes. I was convinced that Chuck Been said fined many times. Compass. Yep, I, I thought, I thought he said oral compass. I didn't know what that meant. I was, I was concerned. <laughs> I did too, but I'm like, he's not gross. He wouldn't say such know, like, such tawdry things. Don't you, no. don't you dare talk about Erica that way. So there's that, and I am sore from twerking on stage. So I saw that. Speaking of oral, by the thing. way, yeah. I thought that uh, Miro opening the show with the Mad King was perfect way to set the stage for the interview speaking of oral <laughs> <laughs> mazel tov that and i would have both, to listen that could go two ways though because hey, yes yet... <laughs> lana said she would gladly redeem lana said yes lana said girls balls said about after king. uh after you got uh, that's amazing i love i absolutely and uh, love eddie kingston looks that. like he um delivers good uh He's an oral compass. Yes. Now that yes. there you go. Yes. Eddie Kingston's yes. our oral compass. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a perfect match to to start the the show yeah. off. It was fire. Uh, they were they were swinging for the fences against each other, and it was it was a believably brutal match. I love being able to see Eddie Kingston as the baby face doing the eye poke. And it's because, you know, he's taking it to the streets. He's just, you know, yeah. there's no holds barred with this guy, but he's still, you know, obviously a massive baby face. Right. I enjoyed that immensely, but I like how they turned it into a slug fest. I thought that uh, Eddie Kingston uh, performed really, really well in that specific type of match against Miro. Yeah. I, th I was someone that I didn't care necessarily which way this went and i mean that in a positive way because i enjoy the run that miro's on i did think that eddie kingston especially when it opened the show uh i thought that they were going to open it up with the title change account because you knew that crowd was going to be hot sure eddie kingston definitely deserves a title run uh, and after uh, he failed to get the tag titles with moxley i thought maybe this is the route they would go 
Um, I said this before heading into the pay-per-view. I thought that could add to Miro's character with him going crazy mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he such- would have sold a shit ton of redeemed D's nuts yes. shirts. If he- oh, yeah. <laughs> if he actually <laughs> redeemed like them? For the next month, those things would have been on fire. Oh, yeah. I think they are. Let me check. Uh, let me see what the uh, the sales on Pro Wrestling Tees are right now. <laughs> Please do. Because oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think he needed to win to sell more shirts. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's a good one. When he yeah, sh- when yeah. he came out with that shirt, I was like, "Oh yeah." If I wasn't a thousand years old, that. I would buy that shirt. I love that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You're never too old for redeem these nuts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between that and uh, like, and the next match was Moxley and uh, and uh, the guy from New Japan whose name escapes wow. me. Wow, wow! I got this right S- on the Kojima. Kojima. I just so you know. And I'm going to throw this in Chuck's face. And A, to bring up his favorite podcast, the pay-per-view pod. And B, oh just so you know, I got that name right first try on the pay-per-view pod with Erica. Uh, so, fine. So going into this match, um, my thesis was that Shikoshi Kojima, Shikoshi Kojima. Um, Thank you, Senpai. Was a, was over the hill kind of guy and was not going to move the needle very much. And we needed a big appearance afterwards. Let me tell you, definitely popped for myself after this match. However, however, (laughs) Erica, how old is Kojima? Because he looked great. Kojima versus Hoovitude would have been a great fucking match a few weeks ago. You know what? That's a really good point. Now I got to look up what, how old Satoshi Kojima is uh, to update. Certainly on in the his fifties, whole- right? Oh, he's. I mean, if if he he has to be. Uh, let me just see. Kojima age. How old? Wait, oh wait, no, that's that is not the right Kojima. That this is Hideo Kojima, Japanese <laughs> right. video game. I designer. knew that was going to happen. Uh, so whenever I hear the name Kojima, I immediately go to that guy and not uh. this dude. Interesting. Uh, Creator of the Metal old. Gear series. Oh, 50, he, okay. he actually actually he will be turning. Oh my God, honey, you share a birthday with Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> All right, and we get Yay! a thumbs up from my husband. Nice. Yay! Yay! He will be he will be fifty years old. While I have the the floor, I must say the the current top sellers at AEW right now. Uh, we got obviously CM Punk shirt is number one, followed by Adam Cole's new shirt number two. Uh, Brian Danielson, number three, and Redeem D's Nuts, number four. <laughs> number four. Like, nice. Is Brian Danielson's new shirt really just a plain white tee? No, it's, no. it is not. However, that would be fucking that phenomenal. It would have been great. Uh, no, it just says the American Dragon is back, and then it has, you know, his name and a cool logo. How good, how um, good would that be if he released a shirt? Because they used to do those blackout shirts. It was a fad for a minute, you know, as people were doing like sort of subscription street gear as part of the the podcast world and and different buzz marketing it a whiteout shirt so it looked like the white shirt and it had white printing on it with uh daniel bryant he, he could have sold the billion it would have been yeah. great it would have been a great carney move i oh, i, I would have liked to have <laughs> see how many how many dopes buy that shirt i, have I really one blackout shirt by the way i enjoyed the um kind of japanese style of moxley and kojima just trading forearms yes near the end of that match slugging back and forth was really really fun um but i was sitting in the apartment by myself with it on the television and when his music hit i stood up and said oh my god 
to nobody at all. I scared the cats because I could not believe that it, that Murder Grandpa had showed up in I, AEW. So good. Well, I'm so, I was so happy. They, when because uh, they 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 shot that pretty well, and obviously anybody who's familiar with. Um, Minoru Suzuki's uh, Tron video. Uh, I saw the king, and I'm like, and I, I think, oh God, I did I hit you at one point, Eric? I did hit him. I go, I'm like, Yay! Oh my God. <laughs> like I was, because like of all the names that we you know were expecting, which believe it or not, all of the names showed up. Right. Much, uh, I was not anticipating Minoru Suzuki, so when he showed up, I'm like, ah, oh, oh, what's happening? Oh, yeah. oh. It was yeah, so great. And it was so and we, high at the end of a two-day bender. And I was like, I wonder if Suzuki's going to show up. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, I think he's going to show up. <laughs> Just because I had seen that he was flying over. And as I bought that ticket for GCW so I could see Suzuki, I thought to myself, fucking of course, they mentioned him on AEW. He's going to be at the AEW show. I probably didn't need to buy GCW tickets to see him or Suzuki. <laughs> like, it all just was, it was one of those things where my 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 brain that, try, as Chuck knows, oh, too well, pulls things from all these different areas and then tries sure. to come to a weird conclusion. Like, I was like, right on. I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. And just the opposite of the WWE, if week after week on a series of dozens and dozens of episodes that no longer exist because someone deleted them, um i would always predict you know oh these things are coming together they're coming yep. together they're coming together now AEW, my first one i'm like i think things are coming together bam thank you tony khan uh, yeah it really felt like a christmas where you got everything you wanted yeah well yes you, you don't normally and i i commend them for the sake of you don't normally see that in any promotion any era one show if you have yeah. four quality names, quality surprises, not just like I'm not talking about the couple minor ones and then one big one, like all four were like major impact, one for the women's division, and of course the ending and all that. You don't normally see that all in one night. So I give them credit for that because once like Adam Cole came out, you thought, okay, this is it. That's yeah, exactly. The Same. That's the surprise of the night. We're done. Cool. That was awesome. Yes. And the way that things were going, the crowd's chanting, yes, yes, yes. And then you get the blackout. Adam Cole comes out. And my thought was, all right, this is my guy. Not that I don't love Daniel Bryan. Let me tell right. you. Big fan of Daniel Bryan. However, between the two, I want to see the elite storyline, right? So I want I want to see every bullet club. Give me the bullet club. Give them, give them to me. Um and uh, so I was like, sweet, like, I just like, I won again. And uh, <laughs> at that point, I literally, I was like, every, this was a perfect pay-per-view. Every match lived exactly up to its potential. Like, I didn't feel anything fell short. Uh, a few, like, way exceeded. And yeah. then those two, I mean, I was like, this is an 11 out of 10. Like, this is great. I can't, can't yeah. believe how good this is. And then daniel bryant and they're like okay 12 out of 10 i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah right well <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck i mean any, any other wrestling company would have held one of those guys for a full year in like yeah. six weeks they uh -huh. would have been like okay we've got both of them let's tease the other one for the next four weeks or so and then drop them at full gear and they were like no nah, let's blow our load now it's all out i, I honestly i feel like with with the NXT thing and the turmoil and the, the, the fire sale that seems, this was like an, I'm sorry. I love you moment. They're just like, <laughs> All right, here, here's everybody. Here's everybody. Yeah. 
Uh, well, they probably they probably offered Shane McMahon like a hundred million dollars to show up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's funny you said that because I this morning thought to myself, man, how long before Triple H just says fuck it and shows up on AEW for you know what? Like he the Mc, none of the McMahons would actually do that. Triple H would. No, here's the right? thing: he makes like a hundred million a year in his position at <laughs> well, WWE. No, I mean his salary is like astronomical. His right. stock options alone, like yeah. you're not gonna give up that shit, unless right. no. unless can you imagine if he just enjoy not up- having fun for the rest of your life, trips. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine also in news breaks that Triple H sells off all of his stock, <laughs> and then and Takes then the inner <laughs> then then like just just says you know what, fuck this. I'm out. I mean, because like, if I feel that sorry di- for the, I feel so bad for the guy. I that feel divorce so is going to be awful. Oh, well, God, I mean, yeah. who knows what kind of paperwork they signed before they, uh, you know, they they said right. they do. I mean, right. I mean, especially with him having so much control in yeah. the company. Like at the time, obviously, he was just a wrestler and everything and all that. Uh, so now with all of that intertwined into the family yeah. business, like, oh, that is ugly. Well, yeah. clearly, ugly sense of the, the I mean, it just, you know, they got to be selling. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to talk about WWE right now. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for Triple H, but fuck him right now. We have one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. To How great is it to hear a whole stadium chant? Kaze Ninare. Oh, amazing. Like you're there, you're expecting everybody. Like you like, is the crowd gonna be like, is this is this like this is a real test for this crowd? Yeah, not only fifteen thousand strong on the beat. Yeah, not yeah, not only that, but like current, you know, still in New Japan right now, they you know all they're they're not allowed to verbally cheer. They're they still have all of those rules now because obviously. Japan and, and Tokyo specifically have been dealing with a lot of COVID shit. Have they so devised that, like a whole handheld video game out of that weird cheering thing by now? I, you know, what, I like think, sixth gen and it's like holograms and shit. I think they they tried that and then they just kind of went, nah, no. Like <laughs> we'll just have them stomp and clap. Everyone seemed to be fine with that, and they then they continued to stomp and clap. Um, but he probably hasn't heard his music sung back to him in. Pro- probably a year and a half. So I'm sure he probably felt just pumped to, to hear it again. And not only that, but to hear it in the United States. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. Like whenever, whenever Japanese like guys, whether it's from new Japan, all Japan, whatever, whenever they, they come here and they get a great reaction. I think, I think they're still surprised that America has, or, or many American fans at least, have embraced them so much. Um, so it's it just, it, it's, it had to have been just totally wild. And to, you know, it, it's a normal thing for him whenever he hops on the apron before Kazi Ninare to look at the crowd angrily and just just start clapping like why aren't you clapping around to my music and usually once he does that like in you know japan everyone's like yes yes okay okay we don't (laughs) want you to kill us we don't want you to kill us um it it just you know it it had to have felt amazing for him and not only that did anyone see the photo that ty conti shared uh that she got a photo with minor suzuki and like he's smiling but she's like like she, first of all, Ty Conti's like totally adorable to begin with, but she's like, like she looked just like 
thrilled and then i think she, oh, captioned yeah. it, she captioned it like i was shaking when i met him i couldn't believe it so it's Aww. like like you know it, it it has to feel great especially for you know once again you know he's you know all the japanese guys really kind of started to take off within the past 10 years since people started following like the likes of bullet club in new japan so it like it's just it's just good to see like these this great talent get the love and appreciation that they should have had years ago but obviously technology and all that jazz but it's it just once again it was just nice it was nice it was such a good it was moment. really cool it was so cool the whole thing and then like it yeah i thought like okay like more craps on the way but little did i know like it just sh like there was no dip there wasn't i mean there yeah paul white there was a dip came, there was a but mild <laughs> dip but it, it was by ne by necessity yes but like the entire that i the last time i was this happy after a show was when Eric and I went to see All In. We yeah. were fortunate enough to be present during that show. And it, it was a moment where I thought to myself, like, things are changing. Like, this, this is big. This is very yeah. big. And somehow even this, this all out uh, of this year is somehow bigger than, than what All In was, which obviously All In kicked off everything that we've experienced with aew right. now and it, it just i said it after all in and i and i do sincerely mean this now like i always wanted to go to a wrestlemania i always wanted to attend a wrestlemania i don't care if i don't anymore yeah because yeah. i don't think it'll make me feel the same way that attending all in made me feel and watching yeah. 2021's all out made me feel I, right. I just, I, you know, if somehow, if someone gave me free tickets and whatnot, I'd be like, okay, sure. I don't have to pay a goddamn thing. And then I mm -hmm. can just go, okay. Like yep. I'll, I'll do that. Um, but like, I, I, it just, this is, this is a massive moment. Yeah. This is a massive moment. And I, I you know, I, 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 I doubt that WWE is going anywhere. They're making money. Yeah, you know, through various TV deals, through the Saudi deal, through everything, I, you know, they're never going to go out of business. But like, they don't matter anymore to me. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't give a rat's ass about these people. And I, it I, sucks because there's great wrestlers there, and it's I not know. their fault. But the yeah, good I, thing is, is in five years we can watch Roman Reigns when he comes back from Hollywood from his first trip, <laughs> and they'll show us twenty minutes of highlights. So we'll know everything that happened without having to sit through five hours of garbage every week. Right. 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 I agree. With, I agree with you, Erica. I do feel bad for the Becky Lynch's and the new day and the wrestlers that, you know, over the last five to 10 years have sustained like, Oh my God, the WWE, I like watching wrestling. I like watching these wrestlers and they're still there, but now they're stuck in a system that doesn't seem to want to give me as a fan the kind of wrestling product I want. I know yeah. it's been kind of a slow slide for me personally over the last month or two of like, look, I got X amount of time. I can't be watching wrestling every night. So raw has got to go. And then eventually it was like, sure. well, man, AEW is really killing it. So I guess SmackDown's got to go too. And I'll just watch AEW and NXT. And that's, that's my week of wrestling. And Sunday absolutely solidified that. It's like, yeah, I, I can, 
I can absolutely just focus on AEW and and keep an eye on NXT and and hope for the best yeah. over on that end. You're I talking. Back, I, I, real quick, I'll, I'll toss it to you, Justin. I uh, I, I dipped back into uh, Elevate uh, this week, and probably I'm going to watch Dark tonight. And uh, let me say two things. First off, there's so much talent now that it's really you're going to start to see some of the big names making appearances. Whether that improves the show or not, I don't know. I don't have to, uh, much to report in that regard. But um, it's I realize what I enjoy is that, like for example, Eddie Kingston was on uh, Elevate this week. So um, doing commentary with Paul White and uh, and um, Handsome Tony, and it's it's like listening to a podcast basically, right? Because yeah. you have two guys right. calling the match, and then you're really getting like, Eddie Kingston's calling the match, but he's also sort of just like being a very entertaining and riffing. And sometimes those, I, I almost think that they'd be worth just listening to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you guys know this. You're talking to a WWE guy through and through, right here, right? Um, AEW's all out. This is the first time since at least we've been doing the show. I'm over a week behind in WWE right now, including wow. NXT. Haven't watched it. Haven't watched it all. I'm caught up on AEW. I made sure I was caught up. I made sure I watched all out as soon as I could. Um, and WWE, I'm like, I'll get to it when I can. I'm not going to go away from that. There's two things with WWE that for me personally, well, I'll continue to watch. Number one, I do think it's easier on the eyes in the sense of there's more money behind the production of it, so it looks big. And I'll sure. be the first one to say I, I'm I'm fooled by that, right? The production in the sense of the camera work, or if you're at a live event, the staging and all that. Yes, it looks cool. It looks big. I'm gonna watch SmackDown on Fox. Looks big. So on. Uh, and number two, like you said, there's still good wrestlers there. Uh, so I still want to see what they're up to and I'm going to keep on watching, but with, with AEW and, you know, a point I wanted to make talking about Suzuki coming over and Erica talking about, uh, you know, him getting that reaction in the United States, AEW is not only competition to WWE in the sense of doing this at the time that WWE is struggling so hard, but AEW is quickly becoming mainstream like WWE. Uh, and a perfect example of this is when CM Punk showed up. And then when the, the the ending of All Out, all of that was covered by SportsCenter. Wow. SportsCenter posted on their social media that Brian Danielson and Adam Cole showed up at AEW All Out tonight. So the fact that the, like AEW is already getting that type of traction. So for guys like Suzuki to come over and get that reaction, not only in America, but AEW was centered around legitimate professional wrestling fans not just the mainstreamers that because i saw john cena in this movie and my kid really likes john cena we're gonna watch wrestling no everyone that is following aew they're hardcore wrestling fans and now they're mixing those hardcore wrestling fans into the mainstream audience and you're mixing in the new japan guys into that mainstream audience and now they're getting that that's why they're getting that reaction in america which two years ago, three years ago, maybe they wouldn't have. And over in WWE, if never would happen, but if Suzuki were to show up in WWE, probably would not have gotten that same reaction from that crowd because right. a lot of the crowd of WWE are the mainstream audience that just watches it because they saw Roman Reigns in this movie and Edge in this movie and John Cena in this movie. And there's a few you know, professional wrestling fans, but a majority of them are just because you know it's a cool thing to do. Yeah, uh, you know, give this is where Triple H 
and his sort of, I guess, I, I don't want to say diminished role, but I feel like that's what it is because you had Jushin Thunder Liger yeah. show up in NXT and he wrestled, um, oh my God. Tyler. Thank Tyler you, Tyler Breeze. Breeze. He he wrestled Tyler Breeze, and that was a great match. And and and, and Lager went over as as he should have. But like the the type of fan that watched NXT is is very similar to the fan that watches AEW. So when Lager showed up, I it, it had to have been a takeover. I can't remember takeover. Yeah, it was. Takeover it was one two, of the first. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the two, first takeovers I watched. Yeah, takeover two, electric boogaloo. Let's just say it. It, it was that one. Uh, it, you know, it, it was it was a great match, and I feel like Triple H saw that like this sharing of talent was the future, but clearly, you know, the the likes of you know Vince McMahon and 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 Bruce Prichard and and whomever else you know your your John Laurinaitis of the world don't see it that way because that's not how you know they they don't want they don't want to evolve in, in that sense so like this could have been so different this could have been this it, it didn't once again it doesn't have to be this way like right. WWE could be great and and they're 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 almost doing it just to, to spite them themselves and their wrestlers. Meanwhile, AEW's like, okay, we'll pick up these people. We're gonna do a fun show, and everyone's gonna go home happy. Bye. Right. Like, like it's just, I, I still can't get over this. Is okay. Rewatching All Out is the first time I've rewatched a pay per view since All In. Like, this is a moment. There, right. and, and and I, I don't know how they're going to capitalize on this. But I have faith that they're that they're going to, because right. how many times have WWE like gone a certain way? And I feel like all of us have been like, you know, this is really cool. This could be great. This could be great. And it's just it's it's Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown again. Yep. And it's like yep. I'm tired of feeling that way. I yeah. don't want. Why am I watching something that's making me upset? Right. You know, if I wanted to watch something that makes me upset, I would just watch the news constantly. Okay. Yeah, the Detroit like, Lions. Or yeah. then they, they start their season on Sunday. There you go. Ex exactly. <laughs> and it just I I I just I I'm so I'm so excited for one promotion and I'm so terrified for another. Not for the rich fucks that that run it, but for the wonderful wrestlers that are there. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are there that that roster, like the people on that roster are great. And again, it goes back to it's not just that AEW is competition. It's like you said, WWE is struggling yeah. at the same time. It's not yeah. like it's, oh, two really good shows and, oh, WWE had a good week. And, oh, wait, AEW just had a good week, though. No, it's AEW is doing everything right. WWE seems to be doing everything wrong. And I, I love the full-fledged WWE fans that will just call AEW WWE light because all you got is, oh, you're just bringing all the former WWE superstars. Two reasons why that argument doesn't work. Number one, everyone's worked somewhere else at some point in the wrestling industry, first off. Number two, these guys wouldn't be available if WWE would just use them right, right? Like, oh, now Adam Cole. Yeah, they had a chance to keep Adam Cole. They kept them buried in NXT and then lost them. They cut Aleister Black right in the middle of a run. CM Punk hates that company because of the way they treated him. You just had Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania, and within that same fucking year, he's in a different promotion. That's on you. And you still have Bray Wyatt just hanging out. You still have Braun Strowman hanging out. 
what I mean, you need to lock one or both of those guys in, get them together if you want any shot of being any sort of relevant. Because at this point, you're blowing up NXT, so you can't rely on call-ups for moments to get people excited and plot twists and stuff like that. You've lost all of your creative, fun superstars to AEW. Bray Wyatt and or Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman, I'll say, they need to go back to WWE. That, that is the only shot WWE has of being relevant for at least the next year with how hot AEW is right now. Because if Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman show up in AEW next, full gears in November, what the fuck are you going to do now? You don't have options anymore. You're just going to re repeat Drew McIntyre and Sheamus every fucking week on Raw. And <laughs> Roman Reigns, as hot as his storyline has been on SmackDown, that's going to run out of steam at some point, and Brock Lesnar can only get you so many fucking pops. And none from me, so that doesn't help their case. There you yeah, go. Yeah, just not a Bork guy, but... <laughs> right. Do you think... is it, Are we all in agreement that it's it's almost offensive that we're, we don't have uh, a war going on right now because one company is just... just they so disregard professional wrestling yep. that they're just not even trying... Like it's, yeah. it's so offensive, so yeah. offensive. Yeah. And, and it blows my mind. Like, don't get me wrong. We, we've known Vince McMahon is as ignorant as he is for a while, but it blows my mind. The fact that Vince McMahon lived through the Monday night wars with WCW and the attitude era, right? How do you not have some shred of that same mindset right now? Right. How, how do you like? I get you're old and you're probably not on social media. You don't get it, but you still live through the putting WCW out of business. You yeah, still live just through like that back and sociopath. forth. He's doing the whole thing where right now he's working at a level where everybody, like every stadium, is is a little blip on his radar, not anything to do with the people that are in that stadium right like it's it's all about just giant numbers for him and he's yeah. his whole thing is he he who dies with the most toys wins he's a, he's an ancient sociopath who's lived in his office his entire life all he cares oh. about now yeah. is getting to that next level he's going to try to carny the fucking uh wall street as he i i've suggested that he's done several times in his calls and I hope that he ends his life being uh, investigated by the Security Exchange Commission because that would be joyful. I mean, it's exactly what you said, though, because WWE or WWF was not making nearly as much money during the war with WCW as they are right now. And they he needs to realize, though, that – and again, it just goes back to the fact that you went through a war before. Fans want to see professional wrestling. And – Fans stayed with WWE for so long, even though they were just making a shit ton of money and so on, because there was no alternative, right? Impact failed. You know, there was some cool other promotions that were sometimes fun to watch, but there was no other full-time alternative. And this now we're seeing because they, like you said, they got, a, he got a little too comfortable in that money. The second we got a consistent alternative gone. And not just the fans, but the wrestlers too. Again, I'll bring up, you brought CM Punk back to professional wrestling. We need to, they, everyone needs to realize how big of a deal that is because this dude was checked out on professional wrestling because of WWE. And AEW comes in within their first two to three years of, in, of existence and convince him to come back to professional wrestling full time. Yeah. Do we know where the ratings were at last week for AEW? Um, 
someone a little more capable of looking that up more quickly than I am. Yeah. Erica has something to say. I'll take a look while she's talking. Thank, Thank you. You. Um, you know, obviously CM Punk being brought back um, it, to professional wrestling is a massive deal. Um, but I think we all know that if, you know, if he was going to return at, at any point, it was not going to be with WWE. Like, there's we no way. We all thought that, except for Justin, remember, thought it, that it, he was I'm, for sure coming back. I, it's it's <laughs> fine. But, Listen. you know, like, he, look, he wasn't, honey, he wasn't going to go, he wasn't going to go back there. I will. Just, yes. Go ahead, finish your thing and I'll come back. Yeah. But, like, as big of a deal as that is, the fact that Adam Cole and Brian Danielson have showed up in AEW. One back is from the a dead. Mon- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He he was he was poisoned on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Um the fact that those two showed up in AEW, I think that's a significantly bigger deal than CM Punk because you have no 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 Adam Cole was in that system. Adam Cole saw what was happening. He is the first guy to really leave the NXT system and say sure. like, you know what? No, I'm not go- I'm not going to Raw sure. or SmackDown. I'm going to fucking leave. You have yep. Daniel Bryan, one of the biggest draws in the past decade, one of the biggest fan favorite guys in WWE. Right. He bolts and goes to the competition. That's- Huge, right? That I mean, is huge. When you really think that about it, huge. if anyone should CM- be a lifer, yeah, exactly. It's going to be no, 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 no. I'm not done. I am not done, and I'm sorry. You're fucking wrong. CM Punk going back to wrestling. He was never going to go back to WWE. He was never. He was I- never. Bitch. He was never. I- can you I know speak? I'm right. <laughs> can no, I speak? You can't yet. Don't call me a bitch you until can't. I speak. <laughs> you can't yet because I'm right. I'm that's, right. That's the I'm definitely not wrong. <laughs> no, Derek is not wrong. I, I'll agree with that. She's never wrong, but doesn't mean she's always right. Erica's okay. not wrong. You're a bitch. He was okay. never coming back. Did you hear him when he came back? He said, "My soul that's died." That's not the point. I'm going to argue. <laughs> okay. Okay. The point All I'm right. Argue is the fact that you just said that Adam. Now, don't get me wrong. Adam Cole and Brian Danielson showing up is fucking huge. That is not my argument. But the fact that you said that's bigger than CM Punk disagree because for me at least and to me for a lot of people we were waiting for the second adam cole showed up in AEW because of his connection with so many guys there because of his relationship with brit we were waiting for when we didn't know but we it was at some point we knew it was gonna happen so that was number one number two for daniel bryan again both of them are huge but even in WWE, Daniel Bryan since returning, and yes, he had his big return for, and, you know, uh, from retirement and such, but since he's done that, they've used him less and less. They put him in a main event at WrestleMania, but they made it a triple threat because in WWE's mind, Daniel Bryan in a one-on-one match was not it for a main event of WrestleMania, but they want to say that they did that for him. They even did that with the main event of WrestleMania when he had his big moment in WrestleMania 30. So we knew WWE did not believe in Daniel Bryan. So I checked, I checked out some interviews with Daniel Bryan over the last couple of days. And at one, he said that he loves uh, Vince McMahon, but Vince McMahon wants to protect he and Daniel Bryan from himself 
and he wants to get out there and push his boundaries because that's what he does. So this may legitimately be a situation where they said, hey, man, we'll give you all of the money, but we just don't want you to hit your head again. In that yeah. case, it's the right move, and I have to hand it to Vince McMahon. I just thought it would be uh, poignant to interject yeah. that there. And we're sort of splitting hairs. I The reason I asked what the, the ratings were last week is I think it's very interesting because – you have two different dynamics going on with this. I think you'll have the lapsed fan or the fan who didn't think they were really interested in wrestling anymore, who now jumped to check it out. But you also now have the NXT fans. Like when we were, we were saying, Hey, these, these 800,000 here, these 900,000 here, these numbers are like, you're for sure going to check out Adam Cole and CM Punk. If you're an NXT fan, right? I mean, that's, that, right. Was, a, that was a smart, heavy uh, audience, you know, at least it, in the, um the full sale crowd sense the uh according to showbuzz daily dynamite netted uh 1,047,000 viewers uh last week which is down from the 1,172,000 okay. they had gotten the, the the week before but they did rank in first place on cable in the demo rating okay interesting so, so this yeah. Under 1.1, so I'll be keeping an eye out this week or maybe asking you again next week. Sure. Tomorrow is going to be a huge is going to be a huge test. Like it's going to be fascinating to see how many people tune into tomorrow's dynamite, considering everything that happened. Yeah. I mean, between obviously uh, Brian Danielson and and Adam Cole, but then you have Ruby Soho. Um, Well, and then and then Shawnee. They're they're not making us wait. We're no. getting Moxley yes. and Suzuki tomorrow on yeah. television on TV. Yeah. Oh my that ship God. For free. Boxes, home Ambrose homecoming. This is going to be so much fun. And yeah, I have to, to tell you, I'm really excited to see Alistair against uh, Dustin. Yeah. That's 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 a match for me. That's I think oh. that's that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And this and then, is just they talk about these possibilities are endless. It's like, like if you would have said to me three years ago, you're going to hate everyone in WWE, but you're going to love seeing Dustin Rhodes in a company you don't know exists yet. I would say, right. yeah, okay, yeah, bye, yeah. And so one thing, real quick, I gotta get back to Erica at when with CM Punk. Uh listen, when CM Punk, a few years, however many years ago it was at this point showed up on Fox for WWE's studio show. Yes. I know damn well that was through Fox and so on and all this, whatever. Don't tell me Vince McMahon or anyone from WWE did not have a say in that. And I think when he agreed to go on a WWE talk show with other WWE employees to talk WWE every week, there was at least an inkling of consideration to work something out and WWE did nothing with it. CM Punk was so checked out of WWE and professional wrestling, and the fact that he agreed to do this, it, it, yes, it's through Fox, but it is to promote WWE. It is to talk WWE. There was at least a little bit in him, if he was coming back to professional wrestling at that time, to consider doing something with the company when it comes to whether it's wrestling, commentary, whatever the hell. And WWE did nothing with it or blew it or whatever the hell, because obviously that didn't last long. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. So Fox and, and WWE backstage, that was all Fox. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and whatnot. And and Re- Renee uh, Renee Paquette is actually the one that kind of got him back in you right. know into that show. Yep. CM Punk is a bitter man. <laughs> he is not one to forget easily. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that joining a show that WWE has no control over and being able to be on a show and basically say, I'm going to talk about your product, but you can't have me. You don't mm-hmm. think that tickled his balls just a little. I Come think, on. I think Come you're on. wrong. In, I think you're wrong in the sense that WWE had zero control over that show because it was majority of their employees on that show outside of CM Punk talking about their product weekly on a station that their product is on in SmackDown. Yes, it was Fox's thing. I am not going to believe for one second that WWE had zero say in who goes on that show, what is said on that show, and what happens on that show week after week. That is bullshit. WWE has shown precedent that they will make deals with with people if it means money. They made $5 billion off that deal with Fox, okay? Mm-hmm. They've made how much money with the Saudi royal family, right. okay? They have, made it, they have made it abundantly clear that as long as they're getting paid, they will sacrifice some stuff. I don't believe, I, I, I respectfully disagree with you. Okay. I respectfully disagree with you because there's, considering everything that happened with CM Punk, mm-hmm. everything, the, the staff infection, um, right. the not main eventing WrestleMania, being right. served Triple H like it matters, um, being fired from that company on the day of his wedding, there is yeah. no way in hell, no way in hell he was ever going back there. I I feel it in 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 my bones, in my ass. I feel it yeah. in in my left boob. Okay, that and that's the good one. That's the bigger that's the one. one. No, yeah, fair. it's the, you oh, know yeah. it, I fun. Get that. Fun fact, all I don't all, have a big all, one either. Yeah, it's one. okay. No, all, all natural boobies, like they, right. they don't look identical. And, and if they are identical, they are fake. And one is always a little bit bigger. The left one's bigger. Yep. Anyway. Can confirm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm checking mine out as we speak. Here, you're like, mm, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like we should probably agree to disagree and perhaps yeah. move on and talk about more incredible matches on this card because well, or or could just the cm punk match against darby allen thoughts well how huge a deal is it not to completely derail what you have there erica that we had four returns and we've only brought up ruby soho like once in passing in this yeah. conversation yeah and that was that we're gonna get to that match and then we're gonna talk about it that was awesome that was yeah. out of everybody and you've seen it when the crowds returned at WrestleMania, you saw a lot of the wrestlers go, wow, like, man, I missed this. And it's the kind of thing when you do see a wrestler who was released from the WWE get an ovation or a reaction. You saw it with CM Punk a couple of weeks ago yeah. on Dynamite or on, on Rampage. That, that emotion of like, there has to be this amazing 
mental journey you go on when you get released or when you get fired or when you leave the WWE. And then there's that 90 days of you can't go out and do the thing and you can't get that crowd pop. And somewhere in that 90 days, I think I feel like every wrestler starts to doubt whether or not they are important to the wrestling fan base. Mm -hmm. And then nights like that happen and you can see it all over her face. She is ready to cry and just like, y'all do love me. How cool is this? You know, and and this is to not go back to bitching about WWE, but to give AEW credit. How many moments and times have we had with Royal Rumbles or, you know, other spots where returns or debuts were expected or wanted? And when the countdown's going on, especially in the Battle Royal, and everyone's already chanting who they think should show up or is going to show up, and WWE just, you know, someone else's, John Cena's music hits again. Goldberg's music hits again, yeah. right? Ray Mysterio's music Ray Mysterio's, hits again. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Where with with this one, as the, the count was going down from like 25 seconds, it was the chance of Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho, over and over and over, and that's who comes out. And that is the difference right there as well, is – you do it for Ruby Soho. You do. You pay attention to what the fans want. You give them what they want. You mix it in in a good way. And obviously having her win and having her being right into the title picture, you give someone like her what she deserves because you know damn well she's someone that is very talented that was never used just like the entire Riot Squad the way they should have been in WWE. In AEW, another slap in the face right there, not only bringing her over, but we're going to show you how good she is because we're going to put her right in the fucking title picture with Britt Baker, who is red hot right now. There was a moment when she, because we all knew she was the Joker and she was going to come out last, but there was a moment where I was looking in that ring and going, ooh, there's a lot of tough mountains to climb. I don't know if she wins this. It's cool that she's back, but I don't know that she wins this. I didn't think she was winning either. I, I, well, th- I thought Thunder Rosa would win it. You'd get the pop and then yeah. Thunder Rosa who's, you know, and uh, I have to say, I, I, everything lived up to expectations. I would have loved to have seen Thunder Rosa. I think it would have been the wrong move considering how perfect that night was. Yeah. Right. I, I totally agree. Well, this was, this was a topic that Justin Valentine and I talked on uh, about on uh because he and i had a spirited back and forth on on whether or not ruby would would win the bad royal uh because i i was a bit torn too i thought thunder rosa would go over i thought yeah. we would get this great pop but then thunder rosa would go over because she i mean because thunder rosa's thunder rosa like she's she's just great yes. and, and and i, I well you know you know whatever way that they you know, it, it would have worked either way. If Ruby would have went over and then gone on to face Britt Baker, we still would have had, you know, we obviously have Thunder Rosa, you know, wanting to go after Ruby. But, you know, if it was the roles were reversed, we'd still have Ruby, Ruby wanting to go after Thunder Rosa. Like, I feel like now the women's division of AEW is really finally starting to, to take shape. Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, it, you know, Britt Baker was going to be the face of that division from the jump but you know she struggled you know uh, you know on the onset but then she turned heel and then you know now we have dmd and it's fantastic we brought thunder rosa over from nwa she's great 
we have uh, Chris Statlander, obviously, you know, took a hit uh, being injured, but she's now back and healthy and, and healthy. That's great. I still feel like Penelope Ford is underutilized, um, as is the bunny. I feel like both of them can really go. We, you know, Jade Cargill is still like she she is going to be a star. She is very green, though, but yeah. like she has like like she's her physique, her look, her everything as a straight woman i i i i like touch like like grasp by chest and go oh my god like this stunning physical specimen of a human and it just i can't wait for her to get more experience and to really grow into her role um Tyconti is great um i like i like legit layla hirsch i think she's fantastic and she adds yeah. like a different element to things um uh, then you, you still have nyla rose like we finally have a really solid women's division now and ruby soho being added to the mix really helps elevate everything and it's exciting it's really exciting and now i just hope that that these women get more time oh and that uh, you you have actually one of the things that i i do want to tune into there's a great uh like unique like three falls match between big swole and diamante both who i really enjoy um i'll probably watch that once i'm done talking with you cool cats uh but like now i feel like okay cool the women's division is is finally like there's there's a little more meat there yeah. like because i feel like uh, obviously we had we have touched on that before where where it, it was lacking so hopefully now that we have more bodies they'll get the time and right. then then the entire company like it's just there's there's more there's a cohesiveness and it's just it it's so fucking exciting you guys oh my god it's happening it's yeah. happening. It is. It, 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 the women's division, uh, to me, still needs some work, but it's definitely better uh, from what it was. It still needs yes. some more depth in the sense of the amount that are taken seriously. There's a lot of women in there that we personally like, that we know are talented, but I don't think there's enough taken seriously. I want to see some, at, not the level of Adam Cole moments, but same style moments for the women's division, right? I would like to see, see them do a Ruby story throughout the week, a Britt Baker story, and then also do perhaps like a women's tag tournament. Yeah. Something. Throw a bunch of people together, but right. that you spotlight them in a way where they, they have to present their character to the, t to the television audience, right. which I don't think we've really had exactly in that like eye to eye thing. Like you see the, the bunny or you see um, who's the, um, you see them as part of the factions, right? But it's like right, yes. you, there's this sort of this whole thing going on. So it's yeah. it's it's a little less personal. And I don't know that we've gotten the personal story of a lot of these female stars. Yes. Because also in the indies coming up, they tended to have shorter matches. And you know, it's 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 sort of it's time for AEW to start untangling that. I don't know how they yes. do it, but i I think we all agree that we'd like to see like a noticeable step up after this arrival of Ruby Riot. And let me say, I think. I love that Ruby showed up here because I think that this night was so huge. She's now part of that class, right? Yeah. Whereas a lot of us as wrestling fans would have been really excited for Ruby Riot, but the maybe CM Punk fans who hadn't watched wrestling in five years now is like, mm -hmm. oh, she's on that level 
because yeah, the, right. that that smoke in Chicago crowd recognized her as such, which was so so fucking cool. Whereas if you know you had her show up on Wednesday, you get a big pop in Cincinnati, maybe. But is it the same thing, right? Right. Well, and I think I love that you said that about the women's division too, about not knowing them because the top of the women's division card is getting better. But I'll tell you, the mid card of the AEW women's division, they mix in for me. I like if if their name isn't on the bottom of the screen or they don't say it or I don't see it on the the the, the Tron, if they're just walking down the aisle or if I just tune in late to a match, uh, you know, a women's match on AEW, it takes me a minute to say, who is that? Outside of Britt Baker, you know, Jay Cargill, now Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa. It takes me a minute to go, wait, is that Ty Conti? No, that's the bunny. Oh, no, that's no way. That's Anna Jay. Not just the fact that they look the same ish, but it's this, this fact that we haven't spent enough time focusing on any of them or their stories for them to stand out like Statlander does, Baker does, Ruby does. Let's see if uh, Ruby, I think, will probably bring that sort of one to one pre uh like you know videotaped kind of promos and i I think that's what i would like to see from all of these like let them all do that for a little while even if you don't want that to be the norm going on forever you know it's like wwe when they did it good you know did it well back 30 years ago with like mankind or something was one thing but you know we'd have to watch like 18 weeks of of mojo raleigh uh becoming the guy with the uh the cracked mirror on his face right like all you have to do is give your talent like four weeks and say, escalate it by week five, be on fire, make it work. Right. And the way that we hear about that AEW locker room is so collaborative. I think you're only going to get good stuff at least right now during this sort of like sweetheart period where everything is just like, you know, roses, right. There there's, there's really, no complaints, so to speak. Um, there are areas in which we'd like to see further improvement, but we're so invested and excited as fans, we offer that up as sort of like, I mean, Tony keeps giving us everything we want. You know, let's make sure we put some important things on the table. You know, like see more minority representation in the men's yes, Sure. Yeah. You know, these are things yes. we can work towards. Um, so it's not a perfect world yet, but right. in terms of like meeting expectations pretty perfect yeah 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 i do want to i do want to give a shout out to uh uh chris statlander too because um she had a hell of a week between her match her uh match on rampage which showed her her physical strength very well and then her match against Britt baker it's a match going in kind of like kingston and miro i i think i know how this match is going to end but i'm not disappointed in it whatsoever in the least like i still got the match I wanted, if not, you know, better than what I wanted out of it. Chris Statlander deserves so much credit for coming back as strong as she has. Cause obviously she was on the shelf for like about a year with, I think she had a um, ACL issue and then she had yeah. to have surgery and then all the rehab that goes with it. Uh, and, and like, they talk you know, like, like Jr. will mention it a lot. But, or, or, you know, or, you know, commentary seems to be really cognizant of, you know, pointing out like how great she looks and how strong she is. Um, and, and, and it's true though, because yeah. like just physically speaking, she has come back literally stronger and she's, she's, I mean, she's still doing the fun alien shit, which is great. Um, but like, it's, 
it's not the best part of her. Like it's a fun little she's like, leveled jaunt. up. That was she, like, oh, she absolutely. Was like, she was like the Bailey of Boop, and now yes. she's like, uh, uh, like, oh wait, she's not just cute little Bailey. Like she's also she, this incredibly powerful human being. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> right? she she clearly has physically worked in the gym to transform her physique and she she's stronger she's her her athleticism is just improved it's it's really one of the the best returns from injury that i have seen in recent years um correct i mean feel free to jump in if, if i'm wrong but like as far as like because like we've all seen wrestlers go on the shelf for injury and then come back and like they're good but like the, it takes them a, a bit to kind of get, get back into the swing of things. She returned and like there was a huge difference in her skill set, in her strength and everything. And like she I have no idea what kind of work she she did, you know, to to get back to 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 be on on the TV. But like she deserves so much credit for all of the work she put in because she did a lot. Well, and I, you know, I mean, I don't want to like go into super detail on it, but I love the fact that the God bless her and Brick Baker for also giving us a boop spot. Yes. Yep. Yes. Like we're yep. going to give you an awesome wrestling match full of powerful moves. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you the what is it the the Milwaukee Sunrise or whatever uh, oh, Brick Baker does Sun the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah. Which <laughs> Milwaukee Sunrise? What the hell did you go from Milwaukee, bro? Whole different state. Yeah, and, and that's one thing I want to credit Britt and whoever else was involved in with Adam Cole showing up and everything. Uh, her little heel move last week with the, uh, you know, big announcement. Of, oh, yeah. Oh, that was you know, such a heel big shit. Signing. Such heel shit. Such good me. heel shit. And then she ends up in her match using one of Adam Cole's, you know, uh, signature moves. moves. Yeah. That's the term I couldn't think of. I mean, that was just great little and that those are little moments too that made us think maybe it's a little further away and which added to the surprise at the end right. you know the fact that she's teasing us and you know all of that maybe they're holding that and, and little did we know he was in the arena waiting to come out a couple hours later one thing with a that aew has gotten down for me that i absolutely love is this four pay-per-view thing a year yeah stick with that I do not want that to go away. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be every month. It doesn't have to be every month. Just make sure it's important. It, yes, because it gives them time to figure out how to make it important. Whether it's returns, debuts, big matches, deciding what matches really like. Every pay per view feels big, and it should. It doesn't in WWE because it's every fucking month, right? And also in WWE. You know, well, how many we get maybe 13 to 14 pay-per-views a month or a year now, and at least 10 of them are just kind of just kind of happen just to say that we did a pay-per-view and just, be, you know, to satisfy Peacock. But with AEW, it feel every pay-per-view feels important because they can build it properly because it doesn't happen as often. And we know that they have spent the last X amount of months since the last pay-per-view really putting together what do we want to do for this pay-per-view who can we get what turns do we want what matches do we want what spots do we want and that adds to how we enjoy it as fans because they're putting in extra time to to help us enjoy it 
WWE isn't because it's constant. And we know that we know they're not putting in time because there is no fucking time. They're just flying by the seat of their pants and okay, we'll just do this at the pay-per-view. And that's why nine times out of 10, it's just, you know, a, a Monday night raw on Peacock. How much fun was it to see the candid candidness of both John Moxley and CM Punk just dropping F-bombs left and right? <laughs> <laughs> like Minoru Suzuki's uh, freaking music hits. And the because it's a Japanese entrance, it's going to take him a minute to actually hit the stage so they can time, time everything to Kaze Nina, right? Uh, but like the camera keeps going to John Moxley and he realizes the camera's on him and he's just like, no fucking way. <laughs> and then when CM Punk like finally gets his win back after the match with Darby Allen and gets up on the turnbuckles, he's, he's just every other word is motherfucker. I'm back, motherfuckers. <laughs> I have to say, you know, I, I, I slag Phil as a bit, really. I don't have, you know, much. Uh, invested in him um, having again I, I, I'm going to mention this again I, I think the thing that I watched that was most interesting was the media scrum the post all-out media scrum it's about an hour and a half yeah. and it's got Tony Khan all the uh, first appearances and uh, the Lucha Brothers as the new um, title holders yeah and uh, boy that was a match but holy crap was that a match <laughs> um but yeah, very, very much worth watching. Let, let's talk about yeah. So I thought the cage worked in favor, and if you remember, I did defend the idea of this kind of gimmick match at a pay per view for the Young Bucks. Now, saying that, I did not think um, this is going to be one of the most amazing matches that I've ever seen, and probably ever will. I, 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 Justin, <laughs> Justin, would you like to start us off, sir? Since you're since you're Young Bucks fan numero uno yes yes big young bucks fan here um first off i've always said about the young bucks i know they're athletic and they can pull off the moves that's never been my complaint it's obviously been the selling of everything and the matches and such this match was great because every lucha brothers match is i give this more to the lucha bros than i do the young bucks i really do don't get me wrong the young bucks had the athleticism to pull off everything they did I've never questioned that, but the Lucha Bros know how to put on it. Every bullshit, whether it's a singles match on Dark or a tag match on Dynamite or a pay-per-view, every match involving those two, there's at least one or two spots oh, yeah. that make you go, wow. Oh, they're amazing. And it's so, the thing that's so yeah. interesting is they're both, as Luchas in the masks, just simply by having Zero Miro, uh, yes. he's like incredibly over, much more in a certain way than his brother who is probably the more talented luchador. Now, I would agree with that. We're splitting sure, hairs sure. here now. It's not as yeah. though one of them is Sin Cara slipping off the turnbuckle every <laughs> match. Um, you know, uh, they're both really good. But man, yeah. together. Ooh. But the thing I love about the Bucks is because they do all of these overly hyped matches, right? Like every match is just a little too extra for you. I think that's part of the problem, right, Justin? Um they know how to they know how to put together this match for this audience so yeah. that the lucha brothers can really 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 shine i'm under the impression you put the lucha brothers in a match with any two that are athletic as the young bucks uh you know get rid of you know the other opinions about how they sell and how they this and that 
as athletic as the Young Bucks are to execute these moves, you're going to have a damn good match. No, for sure. And, for so sure. I, I, I think this is transcendent. I really do. I, I felt this was more of a Lucha Brothers shining, which it was. Obviously, they won and everything. But I this, for the sake, does this change my opinion on the Young Bucks? It really doesn't. Because the Lucha Brothers are just that damn good. It, right, cool. Like, no one asked you that question. No, what did you think, Chuck? <laughs> uh, I, I'm of the opinion I've never actually been uh, disappointed by the Young Bucks. This is the kind of match. This is, as Erica said, like it's the first pay-per-view you've watched again that week while you could. This will probably be the first AEW DVD I want to own so wow, I can see it nice. again. Um, nice. And this match is a big part of why, because it, it this match stands up to every TLC WrestleMania match you've ever seen. It stands up to the Hardys versus Edge and Christian from No Mercy back in 2000. Like this is this yeah. is tag team wrestling in 2021. I put AEW All Out right there with WrestleMania 17. That's a, that's a pay per view. I a lot of people, a lot of wrestling fans, including myself, will rewatch over yeah. and over, and it's right there, 100 percent right there. That has been the a, a common comparison opinion, what have you, this whole week. That this is this is the first, cl- like truly classic, truly iconic pay per view since WrestleMania X Seven. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's hard to argue against that. And and I mean, there there are so many moving parts, uh, so many so many parts of the card. Uh, that lend itself to that comparison um, but the biggest I, I think truly is this cage match which I mean the Lucha Brothers are probably one of the most dynamic tag teams um, in, in modern history um, not just in AEW not like it they are truly remarkable they true you know uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix truly complement each other unlike any other team because you have Ray Phoenix who is obviously known for his high-flying just batshit athleticism and 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 Penta has that too but I feel like he what what he may lack in the athleticism compared to Ray Phoenix he brings with the charisma and 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 the strength and it's it's they're so they're so good they're so good (laughs) <laughs> and 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 while justin yes i know you're not a big young bucks guy but i like when you compare the, those two teams like you have penta pair with with matt jackson who you know both of them once again they're they're both incredibly athletic but they have that certain amount of charisma that their brothers just maybe lack or or they just don't have in comparison mm-hmm. to the other you have if you had like a ray phoenix um Nick Jackson's uh, one-on-one match. It would talk about spot monkeys. Mm. Oh my god! Like those two together are two of the most athletic, like wrestlers within the past, you know, couple of decades. Like these are two remarkable pairings that find that. Well, they they've they've uh, they've battled each other before. They they battled at um, I think it was the first all out. The yeah. first all out. Yeah, there was it was ugh, actually. Eric and I were at that one too. Uh, that was a, a ladder no one match. Likes to show off. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, were you at? Were you at this past one too? I I wish I was. Seven, all uh, of them. I wish. 
but like to to experience that ladder match though live it was legitimately terrifying because there were parts where i'm like oh my god are they dead are they dead oh my god um and as good as that match was and that was an incredible ladder match this cage match was a special kind of magic that it only happens maybe once every five ten years like this was special what they did was incredible and is going to be talked about for years to come like obviously the the whole show are we talking about the qt marshall match i'm sorry yes we are yes we are as we as we know as we know we're talking about how Chris Jericho's guitarist from Fozzie completely ripped off Rick Boogs. Uh, well, uh, first of all, all right. that whole ma- <laughs> like, for- like, how amazing is it, okay, that this pay-per-view, the biggest moments, weren't well, necessarily Jericho seen. Jericho went and we still thought it was a perfect show. How does, what, let's talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I mean, like, the biggest moments weren't necessarily the CM Punk match weren't necessarily Jericho versus MJF. It was everything else. Like, that's how big this pay-per-view was. Yeah. Remarkable. It's funny, it's funny you say that, too, because when CM, you know, another debate that we had on Chuck's Covered Podcast was if CM Punk would headline the show. Yes. And the yeah. second- Loved that conversation, by the way. Legitimately enjoyed that Saturday. Thank you. That, oh, thank you. Um, when that didn't headline the show- if that would have happened in WWE, I would have been like, what? what? They don't know what the fuck they're doing. What? what right. Are you serious? When it didn't happen, uh, like when I was watching the show and all of a sudden they promoted CM Punk and Darby's next and we still, I'm like, oh, we got some shit planned for the main event then. Right. Yeah. We yeah. got some special shit coming. I didn't know what, and I sure as hell didn't think it was everything that happened, right. but that is the faith that wrestling fans have in AEW right now. How do you feel about like the thing that I love is that we're looking at the card. I think I do, and Erica, maybe you 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 wouldn't, I guess. But I look at the card. I think still through WWE eyes because there's just so many pay per views come at you each year. And so when we look at that, you know, if you look at that, like of like okay, MJF and Jericho again, how WWE is that? Oh, you forget they're allowed to put on a 30 minute beautiful professional wrestling match. And when they pull it off as they did, it can drag what may be an otherwise lagging story way up a notch. And I love that about that. Um, I don't remember where I was going from there, but I thought I uh, wanted to say something about Jericho because uh, he held up the big sign that said, Hey buddies. <laughs> hey buddies. <laughs> and, well, apparently, apparently that's, a, that's an, a, that's a greeting on some other wrestling podcast that I might have to check out, which oh. I, I love the fact that there's, Hey buddies. Yeah. Like, like that. I love that as a greeting. Like once again, <laughs> I don't know about this, this podcast, but I'd like once, hold on. I have to, let me hey, do a little recon, send them an email, mention that you're award-winning and ask if they would yeah. like to come on our and if show. They don't right. know, if they don't know, just say, Google me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I really love how everything goes back to me being an award-winning person and really kind of arrogant. Let's just be honest. I'm very <laughs> arrogant. Let him know. I did like the like, way like, earlier you said, talk about spot monkeys. It was <laughs> <laughs> very high society. <laughs> Let him know that the One Fall Show has uh, a pair of sunshine buddies and that we're not uh, we're not contacting them 
on the basis of gimmick infringement, but that we want to unite all buddies across all podcasts. Oh you don't have to gosh, listen to yes. Chucky. He, he doesn't uh, he doesn't run this thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I thought MJF, uh, I, I truly believed he hurt his tailbone when they did the, Ooh, the superplex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he came down, I, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. So good on him, man. That's some great kayfabe. Yeah. I mean, that was a match that going in, I didn't think was necessary. Um, the fact that Jericho won is just kind of okay. You know, well, I honestly, said this on the podcast. They think Jericho is bigger than he is. Um, you know, Chris Jericho is, for me, right now, and I'll, let me explain this for the, from the fans' point of view. I put Chris Jericho where Goldberg is right now, because I personally, I'm sick of seeing Goldberg. But every time the guy shows up, he gets a fucking pop. So they're right. going to continue to turn to Goldberg because the the live crowd will, as much as they will bitch about him on social media being in the title picture, they will pop every time he shows up. Chris Jericho is at that level at this point because with all the other superstars that AEW has right now, a lot of people are just like, yo, I'm over this Chris Jericho thing. But every time his music hits, it's one of the best live moments of the show. So AEW is going to continue to turn to him. Well, I would personally argue that Chris Jericho's pops aren't piped in, unlike Goldberg's. But Uh, but Goldberg's still I just have to say, I know that Jericho's very controversial these days. I... I, I I I hate Goldberg so much more than Jericho. <laughs> I concur. From the wrestling and point, I agree. He almost killed Mark Calloway <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi probably, Arabia, yeah, no less. We we killed him to to appease a a a very toxic prince. Yes. that's that's how Mark Calloway almost died. Yeah. Um, uh, I was totally going somewhere with this. And I maybe have been drinking too much wine. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Shawnee's been smoking too much and Erica's been drinking too much. Yes. No. Okay. I I found my way back. Um, I'm I'm not upset at Jericho winning this because that means it keeps him off of commentary full time. And I don't need him yelling into my living room all the time. I so agree. I don't I I do not need this. It's too much. It's I don't too like much the yelling. rampage. I don't like the rampage commentary team much at all. Um, I agree. I know I, I know I bitched about the regular, you know, full time AEW team, but this is to me, it's straight amateur hour. It's AEW Dynamite's commentary team isn't that bad, but Rampage sounds like amateur hour. Mark Henry, I'm sorry, he's he don't get it at least for how much of a role they're giving him. You know, to interview and to announce the main event and all that. Jericho screaming is too much. I feel like if they had Mark Henry in just that backstage interview role to lead into the main event on Rampage, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I think that's great. If they just had um, Excalibur, and I think it's Shivani. Shivani is on Rampage, right? I don't think so, is he? No. No, I think it's Taz. I think it's Taz. Okay. Excalibur and Taz. Excalibur and Taz. Excalibur and Taz, who I believe are the commentary team on Dark. Yes, and they are a riot on Dark in that context because they just... 
they're trying to pop each other constantly yes. Yes. inside bits constantly Taz is a complete jackass and I think yep. that's both shoot and kayfabe and it sometimes yeah. intermingles with one another yep. and you guys have to listen to, to Excalibur sort of like oh, god damn it and then I Shivani think... and the big show are great on they are excellent on Elevate it's a totally they... different thing it's very professional yes. It's, yes it's phenomenal I love that commentary team it's yeah. very interesting how it all plays out I think it's a matter of like JR is going to be here until JR isn't here anymore. And I think you kind of have to respect that. I, I do they, respect that. And I, I do feel like they brought him into the fold to kind I mean, gosh, I'm going to get really dark really quickly right now. But like, obviously, JR has been through a lot in his yes. personal life with the passing of his wife. And I feel like, well, I mean, one, it's still JR. Like, even though he may mess up a lot of names a lot of the time, lot he of will, them. yes. But he still will come through with a crazy call that you go like, that's why he's that's why he's Jr. Yeah, that's why true. he's there. And I, you know, I, I you know, perhaps it because I I have a funny feeling that Cody Rhodes is a big reason why Jr. is in the fold, um, because like he needed something to do because I'm sorry the man was very sad, yes. and and he was just kind of sitting there in his home sad about his unfortunately late wife. And so I mean, just, it, it, just just spewing vitriol into podcasts and taking every question as though it was a negative attack that it wasn't necessarily. Right. So right. like I I I appreciate the fact that AEW is kind of like you know an outlet for Jr. because clearly he's he's still he's still struggling with his feelings um, yeah. from losing like I like I can't even imagine what he has gone through personally. Um, and I would, I never want to imagine that. Um, so, I mean, if he messes up every once in a while, like I can kind of forgive him because it's like, he's been through some shit that none yeah. of us can ever relate to. Um, but that's why he has people like Shivani to back him up and Excalibur. Yeah. That's why I, I do like the three of them, but they have to cut the fat on, on Rampage. And if it's just Excalibur and Taz and maybe, maybe Mark Henry, like okay, give Mark Henry another thing to do, um, mm -hmm. whatever. I I'd be fine with that. I don't know where I'm. I've been drinking, so now you're just letting me down. You're That's just a terrible me mix now. though, because Excalibur and Taz are on like they're they on are this great like indie thirty year like on the road wavelength, yeah. and then yeah, Mark Henry's like so a brother. But it's like a different kind of like he was on like the fast track. He's a I mean. He was a superstar in many ways, right? Like Vince yeah. McMahon put that yes. pressure on him. Like he had to be the world's strongest man. Now, whether or not he rose to the top of the card, however you want to view his career, that's neither here nor there. I find him to be a very charming man. And I like the oh. fact that he's elevating some of the women that we're yes. seeing in AEW. I think that's very important too. Don't know that he's going to work out though on the commentary, which is unfortunate. I think the mix is bad though. You have a lot of, of what I think we all agree is we have a lot of very interesting talent here. But they're all just sort of like jumbled together on right. both shows in yes. many ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will say, you know, I 100% am with you with the Jim Ross. You know, I, I do think, though, for the sake of, you know, the amount of times that he messes up, you got to maybe find another minor role for him to do. I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not saying cut the guy, fire, or whatever, because I'm with you. Give him something to do, keep him around wrestling, and he still has it. You know, you still hear him have it. But I mean, even at all out, I mean, he's calling Ru Ruby Soho, Ruby Riot that entire match. You know, he keeps going back to calling Paul White 
uh, Big Show, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and my guy, he threw WWE out there instead of AEW a couple times. I have to say, uh, um, Tony Khan said Ruby Riot in the in the interview, the post scrum interview, and he, yeah. you thought it like, I thought he was gonna die. He's like his eyes bugged out of his head. He's like, oh, that will never happen again. You'll never say that. You'll never hear those words. And I don't know if it was like because he was saying a WWE trademark and he was going to have to take this off the scrub the internet or yep. he, yep. I don't know what, I mean, but it was very like he is so passionate about what he does. And that is yeah. very charming. It's yes. very charming. If all billionaires would just start wrestling companies and right. make them feel good experiences i think the world yeah. would be way better and i appreciate the fact that tony khan is less and less on tv because of what you just said you appreciate the fuck out of what he's doing but you know damn well that don't give him a mic don't put him on tv don't have have him be that on screen no i love the figure. fact that the behind the scenes stuff i feel is very authentic with him yes and if you get to see him every once in a while right with a camera and you get to see how he always looks like he's about to snort laugh to me uh does yeah. get that impression <laughs> no, that, that oh, makes a lot yeah, of sense totally yes yes all right well I, I i ran down the car just to see what we haven't talked about um, do we, I mean, how deep do we want to get into the CM Punk Darby Allen match? Because I mean, it, it was a, I think it was the perfect match for, for like it, it kind of, it was a very traditional WWE match with some occasional spots. To, sure. You know, for, for, for W, for not W's, Jesus Christ. Once again, I've been drinking for Darby Allen to just be like, wee. And, yeah. and just throw himself and do something crazy. Yeah. That bounce think, off the ring post was nuts. Brutal. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I, I felt like that, like. It feels like the kind of thing finish. he must have practiced, but I As can't you. imagine practicing that. Did you see where someone had tracked down the specific match from WWE? Yes, that it was Bret Hart after? and uh, the one, two, three kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just think. There's spots in the beginning of that match that completely mimic Bret Hart and the one, two, three kid. And I don't know. I swear I'd seen it before, but the the end of that match where Darby goes for the coffin drop and CM Punk just sits up was like it, it was perfect because it was funny, but it was also stakes because we know we're in the end of a match and you can't afford to to miss a spot like you know to miss a move like that. Yeah. It was it was great. It was really great, and I think yeah. it elevated both guys. It didn't you know Darby yeah. didn't have to win that match and. Uh, yeah. Now we get to see where does CM Punk go from here. Yeah, I want to shout out Darby Allen because I was, you know, skeptical in the sake of having Darby being CM Punk's first opponent because of Darby's normal ways and the fact that he showed. Not that it's a bad thing of the way he normally wrestles. It's awesome. It's we forget great. that he's fundamentally sound, right? Yes. Or we yes. didn't even know if. And he's the fact that sound, he yeah. can turn to because this is the first time I can remember that he had a such a fundamentally sound match, and the fact that he can do all the shit that he does and still put on a match like this with with a guy like CM Punk, like you, like Chuck just said, elevated Darby just as much as CM Punk. Right. Yeah, and that's um, obviously what they wanted to do with that, right? I mean, it was yes, it could not have happened more more perfectly. Um, it, it also birthed my new favorite meme where it shows Sting shaking CM Punk's hand with the caption, 
thanks for wrestling my goth son, my goth son. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite things that happened out of this pay-per-view that wasn't a major moment yeah like i'm great. just like i'm like thanks thanks wrestling twitter for doing something really cute and funny uh my favorite well now it's, it's it doesn't interpret well it just won't <laughs> sound very funny I'll, I'll post it on the uh the one fall show group okay all right we'll, we'll go that route um, um all right so and then kenny omega he's pretty good i think that um there had been this point that i had had lost earlier and it's starting with that jericho match and then going pretty much to the end even if you want to throw in the big show you know at least he squashed qt marshall that was there was like that was fun stupid qt he got squashed yay yeah big show did a thing okay caught my all breath white. now show me all more good, good yeah i yeah i know don't go um, all jr the new song's not quite as not, not quite as, but it's it was it's like a great russell kingdom card whereas i'm used to you know good to awful uh, WWE cards like you just yeah. have like oh you can just have three 30 minute professional wrestling matches and they all tell completely different stories because you haven't homogenized everybody to the exact same working style and it you know so you just like oh banger of a match banger of a match and you're like can Kenny and and and, and Christian like live up to this card like at this point I'm thinking I've seen the perfect show. You can only fuck it up, right? Right. Like, there's, yeah. a, and then oh, another amazing professional wrestling match. Hey, are we a professional wrestling room? I'm a. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I would say at this oh, point, yeah. like I'm, I'm on board for whatever all elite wrestling wants to provide me. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said earlier. It's we have so much faith in AEW right now. That, that we don't have in WWE when it comes to moments, returns, matches, pay-per-views, whatever. And this is in a year where they gave us a bummer of a exploding death match. Exactly. And within the same year, because of the guys that they convinced to believe in them and the shows that they've been putting on and the, they've learned because there was when AEW way back before dynamite started, I said, this is going to be their test being able to put on a consistent weekly show doing one show every eight months, whatever the hell they used to, they did before dynamite is a different story. And there were some rough points of AEW starting off when it comes to the storytelling, when it comes to the matches and the moments and so on, they've learned from all of that. They've gotten important people within the wrestling industry to believe in them and to join them. And now they got a damn good thing going with between both dynamite and rampage and the pay-per-views where we just we just believe in whatever the hell they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do, but I know it's probably going to be good, and I'm, I'm in right, right now. And we are on the complete opposite side of things with WWE right now. At the same time, it is so important for AEW to keep this going. So who uh, are you more excited to see next year? Um, El Generico? Um, Kevin Owens? Virgil, uh Or... Uh, yeah, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, I think was, he's got a long-term contract. I think he'll be there for a while. While we were awesome. talking, uh, while we were talking, I just happened to look at wrestling headlines, and the top story is that his contract is up in January of 2022, and there is not an explanation for why. Wait, whose contract? 
Kevin Owens. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, boy. Can we See, uh, you know, title the episode? Yay! Yay! I will I get guess back earlier, to you on the spelling on that. Justin, if you try to say that there's too many people on this roster to bring in sweet, darling, babyface Kevin Owens, I well, no. will. Well, Kevin Steen. Kill oh, Steen. Kill Steen. Kill. Earlier today, to Owens fueled rumors and speculation on possibly going to AEW when he referenced his former Mount Rushmore stable with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, which was a tweet he, I guess, he'd made in 2018. Oh, um, and then, yeah, after several restructured, uh, several contracts were restructured ahead of COVID-19, Owens' contract is one of those deals that changed in the restructuring. Uh, put the expiration date in January of 2022. It's not that far away, boys. No, nope. it really isn't. And I'm not you. I I said when Rampage came around, I said if this is going to be a legitimate show, the roster uh, complaint that I had is no longer valid because they're now using Rampage as a third hour of dynamite in a legitimate third hour. So no, I'm in the bring them over because now we have time. I think the one bad thing about us getting a roster filled with a bunch of people we like and a bunch of people we want that was already full of a bunch of new people that we would grow to like and want to see on our televisions is that the people who are not ready are going to be very obvious not ready there are specifically some women in the women's division in AEW that do not look good in the ring and need a lot more work and the more you add established names and people who have worked for years to the roster who have worked in the WWE under WWE style and are much more polished, the more those people who are just a little too green to be on AEW dynamite are really going to show. And, you know, we've seen stuff about this, um, like ROH basically created wrestling in 2021. I think the reason that's so important is that, that was the beginning of essentially like social media kayfabe completely breaking down. And one of the huge ways in which all of these uh, guys have gotten over is because they're good guys and they pulled each other up along the way. Right. So the idea of bringing them all back together is, is, is perfect. Like they all got the big payday with WWE WWE treated them like second rate carny trash and so now they get to go and all build the the thing that's going to fight against whatever this new WWE is going to be when it's sold to whoever, right? Like literally hologram Undertaker bullshit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bizarre mix of Ring of Honor and Chikara. Yeah. Like, look, like it's so strange because like Eddie Kingston came from Chikara. Yeah. Orange Cassidy came from Chikara. Yeah. Uh, yeah Chucky e. T. Uh, a lot of Philly. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, shoot, Bryce Remsburg, referee yeah. for Jakara. Uh, I feel like Ruby Soho had a lot of like Philly roots and stuff right. as well. Like it's it's such a unique mix of people yeah. at at AEW right now. Um, and, and shoot, man, really, like Chuck, you you just said Kevin Owens, January twenty twenty two. Like, I was gonna, maybe that's like. That's not far away. I'm sure 
I'm that's sure just like, far away enough to start building a fucking amazing story and bu- figuring yeah. out like this is why you didn't say from the jump all right it's going to be dark order versus the elite and we're going to watch that play out for two years right because oh, then sure. you have um oh i don't know like your mount rushmore of indie wrestling or you cesaro and you you have your own reverse invasion angle against the elite where the elite get to beat up all the wwe guys but then the wwe guys eventually get over because they're all fucking friends and they all want the company to do well because when one person does well and they elevate the person next to them everybody does well oh or you have a bunch of crabs in a bucket trying to reach for an imaginary brass ring and you're just laughing at piss jokes while they struggle hilarious man that's a good fucking guy over there that vince mcmahon (laughs) one thing that's going to be interesting for for me and chuck you brought something up that made me realize this it's not that they're giving up on these guys by any means but guys like sammy guevara and even mjf and jungle boy right the up and coming the future of wrestling the future of aew uh those you're, guys you're assuming that orange cassidy is already the present day or orange yeah. cassidy is another one okay Perfect. okay you. orange cassidy definitely belongs in this group of what i'm about to say they're not using them as much right I'm not, and it's not necessarily that they're giving up on them by any means it's no. just that because we have so much star power now that we want to see now that you have to use now and sammy guevara hasn't really done much mjf was stuck in this jericho storyline forever orange cassidy is literally just chris statlander's manager at this point like and jungle boy went from being a world title contender to 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 a guy that's just backing up christian how long are those guys gonna be okay hanging out in those roles right I'm glad you brought up Orange Cassidy because I had nearly forgotten that I wanted to say that he is my MVP of All Out because during the pre-show, they had the 10-man tag match, and he's a part of that match, and his team wins, and then they spend an unusual amount of time in the ring, which makes me think that the ref is telling, like, is basically telling Orange Cassidy, hey, you guys need to hit the turnbuckles again because they're not ready yet. And you can see him directing traffic between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and the best friends about like, yeah, hit the turnbuckles again. We got to, we, you know, all right, let's, let me give him a thumbs up again. Let me, let's go around the the ring. And and like, you can literally see him directing traffic if you go back and watch that. And then to have that huge uh, fucking segment during Chris Statlander's match. Yeah. Where he suddenly starts telling her to get in the ring and screaming at her when he's just like, just regular dude. Like, I don't know what that means, but I'm super excited to see what the future holds. Right. That was cool. But it just seems like with the, the names that they brought over in such a rapid fashion, those guys are going to have to wait a minute. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and like Sammy Guevara was a guy that was in the main event storyline and was on every single week. And right. now it, they're going to go backwards. Jungle Boy was just in the world title picture. Yeah, He's go backwards. but like, I mean. And, but in the sense of waiting, Orange Cassidy had a big storyline with Jericho. If you're. I don't know that he had to have this conversation or wouldn't have had this conversation, but if if you go to any of these guys, right, MJF, Sammy Guevara, like, okay, you and Sammy could be headlining all in this year at whatever, back here in Chicago, or next year, you and Sammy can be facing off to see who goes after Daniel Bryan, who's beaten CM Punk in a year-long program, yeah, and that, that's that's yeah. going to be at the football stadium. You're going to be like, yeah, you know what? 
I'll do some dark. I'll do some promos. I'll make the best of it, coach. Because in a year or two, I mean, like, this is supernova stuff. I I really think this is going to elevate beyond just, like, ticking a couple hundred thousand more fans and not changing over the next two years, right? Like, we're going to start to see wrestling become cool again to some extent. Yeah. What I think we're going to see, too, we're going to see more main event talent infiltrate dark and elevation. Agreed. Uh, It just... Which will make those products more tune-inable, for lack of a better term, which I think is also very good for the product as well. And I I know we've touched on this before, but like, you know, obviously we we have all these big names now in, in, in AEW. We don't necessarily have to see them every week on 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 uh, Dynamite or Rampage, uh, which I think will will keep the product fresh as well. Because you know, I mean, look, I mean, uh, WWE has has fallen victim to that, where it it, it becomes very form formulaic, and and we are seeing a lot of the same people and a lot of the same shit. And, and I don't think we necessarily have to do that on the TV. We can see a mix of the main event and then, and then some of the mm-hmm. undercard on, on YouTube and whatnot. So it, it's, going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how they juggle this talent yeah. and to see how, how they kind of switch things in and out. Because, yes. you know, it, it is my firm belief that, like, okay, they have – they have Daniel Bryan. They have Brian Danielson. It, that's going to be a very difficult thing to try and break. Yes. Uh, they have CM Punk. I don't have to see CM Punk every every week. I don't have to. Um, I feel like he's somebody that that is special. We could see him like every couple of weeks. You know, he is he is a draw. Same thing with with Brian Danielson. Same and and I feel like Adam Cole maybe isn't necessarily in that same boat. Um, he, we can see him more often. He's not far off, though. It won't take him long. Very I, true. I wholeheartedly agree with that, but like I feel like we're going to see more of or of Adam Cole uh, in in the coming weeks. But like I think what's going to be very interesting to watch is how they juggle everything. Because also to keep in mind, tomorrow because of the 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 travel issues, we're getting Andrade and Pack. Tomorrow. Oh, that's on ramp, right? Oh, it's on Rampage. Yeah, it's I, think on it, was I think it's I think it's safe for Friday. I stand corrected. I apologize. But either way, we have those two incredible talents to look forward to this week. Oh yeah. And it, it's just it's going to be very interesting how how they stagger everything because yeah. it's it's a lot of they've got a lot going on, and that's wonderful. It's so that they beautiful have a lot because we on. don't have to see the two months leading up to it's like like how many oh good it's just Seamus again it's Seamus exactly again, right like exactly can, you know, if I don't see Miro for six weeks and it's because you have given me an amazing array of incredible talent I'm right. gonna be so delighted when Miro's back I'm like oh yeah Miro right now in this particular case he holds the title that would be you know but I understand right. point that I'm yes. making here perfect example I, 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 I get what yeah perfect example what Shawnee just said two weeks ago on Raw when Damian Priest announced an open challenge for the U.S. title and the people that came out are the same six people we've been seeing on Raw every week, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Riddle, Bobby Lashley, and MVP. That's yeah. who answered Damian Priest's open challenge. That, and for AEW, the second someone says open challenge, oh, shit. It yeah. Can be anybody. anybody. Murder Grampy. 
<laughs> Murder <laughs> Grandpa. Oh my god, that chant needs to happen on Dynamite. It does. It absolutely does. Now, okay, I got a question. Are we the only people that call him Murder Grandpa? Or is no, this I don't a... know. Someone's it comes from somewhere, but I don't know where. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm like, I'm like, because I keep on thinking, like, yeah, this chant has to happen. Is this the only something that the four of us like? No, we'd have to. Be, <laughs> four of us all, go to an AEW. Erica show isn't wrong. It's the only four. chant that we could definitely <laughs> tag on our. I will you, say, you guys, we're on I will our way. Say, going locally. Why the hell has AEW never been to Detroit yet? What the hell's going on? They I feel asked a... them that. They asked them that at the panel. And, oh, they did. Uh, yeah. Um, Charlie Ramon was the one that said that uh, they can't confirm anything, but they're definitely looking at it now that they're looking I, at touring again. They definitely thing. know that Detroit is a great wrestling town, and it's definitely something they're looking oh, yeah. at. No, they know that they're going to they're gonna do really well in Detroit. There was yeah. a little thing uh, called called COVID, Justin. I don't know if you – they stopped, oh, they, they stopped touring. For, they've only been to like 10 cities. <laughs> I know, but they've announced so many shows. I'm saying they haven't announced a show for Detroit. They've announced so many. They've they've been they've been pretty much everywhere else in the Midwest except for Michigan, and it is very frustrating. And I'm sure it a lot of it has to do with trying to figure out what venue it it's going to be at, right. whether it's going to be at LCA or like I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, um, what's shoot, what's the Ford arena? Field. okay well i mean maybe not yet (laughs) wishful thinking i like i like how you're thinking right what's the what uh the uh what's compuware arena called now in plymouth i feel like that might be the perfect venue right for for all for i I almost said all out uh but for dynamite or rampage or something like that because it's it's a it's Give us a pay-per-view and then I hit a motherfucker with a car. They're gonna. They're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Motor City, baby. That's what we do in Detroit. <laughs> we just uh, run people over with that? cars. When, um, that's it. When Mike Tyson Don't... came to Detroit to fight Andrew Galata, he bought several cars and had handed them out to wait staff and such. Oh, Stone Cold. That's where Stone Cold Steve Austin got hit with a car at Survivor Series, right here in the Motor City. That's what we do here. Where else? Damn you, Rikishi. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> running over Steve Austin. You, you mean Damn you, Rikishi. Like, no, no. <laughs> I did it you for Kenny saying, Omega. Like, I did it for the people. <laughs> I did it. Give me a pay per view and then hit me with a car. I thought he meant like, all right, come on, Tony Khan. Like, come on, Tony Khan, hit me with a car. Right, that's where, like, this is a long, okay. I'm in a different, uh, different spot. That's fine. God yeah. bless our listeners. I think we've been talking for over two hours at this point. <laughs> Anybody who's made it this far in the podcast, you are the real Fools. MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, this is what okay? hap- This is what happens when half the the team is is um impaired. Let's yeah, but it, this is way. also what happens when something very amazing happens in professional wrestling, and that's yeah. exactly it because this all. What ninety five percent of this almost two hours has been AEW talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. positive light. Yes. I didn't even get to talk about my uh, Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell bullshit that happened on NXT last week. I which, oh no, I, we don't care I'm about missing that right NXT now. right now. They're getting married. Are they? Come on, 
Weddings don't go. The the only wedding that went well in wrestling history was Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. And in real life, they were struggling. So does it count? No. (laughs) No. We should wrap this up because I want to drink more wine and I don't think I'll be very coherent. Have fun. Be safe. Don't fall in the hole. Got any titles, Erica? (laughs) (laughs) Very like, screw this. We're not even plugging our own stuff. Check out, check out the one fall show YouTube channel. We'll be doing the, uh, we'll be doing the trap this Saturday on what, uh, check for limit break radio. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? <laughs> You're drunk and he's high. That's my excuse. <laughs> it's, it's floating over here. I got dinner waiting. You can, Chuck's favorite podcast is going to be on in a couple weeks. Isn't there Extreme Rules in a couple weeks? For those of you who are still listening, for those of you who are still listening, Chuck has, has left the screen. He took off his headphones. Oh, wait, he's walking back. He's walking back. <laughs> Okay, he's not happy about it though. I will tell you that he's Yo, very I upset. That, dude, your I can't camera see him on my screen, so your play-by-play is—I um, I have to take your word for it. All right, all right. Okay, so here's here's all the the titles that I wrote down. And once again, I probably would have written down more, but I've been drinking. Um, Eddie King, Eddie Kingston, Oral Compass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Still good. You guys? Still, Still good. Funny. Still funny. Um, they oh, quite man. literally went all out. Huh? Oh, uh, all right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. See um, what you did there? God, yes. Erica's not wrong. You're a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I maybe we shouldn't do that one. Um, <laughs> all, billi- all billionaires should start wrestling companies, which I don't think is really a title we want to put out there because, you know, Elon Musk would pull some shit. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to the Amazon Prime uh, wrestling. Ugh. Yes. APW. Um, <laughs> Kenny Omega. Get him, damn trick. <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Which, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. That's a, ve- that's a very evergreen title. Yeah. I feel like forever struggling. Yeah. Like Kenny Omega, he's pretty good. He's pretty, pretty good. good. Um, Not bad. And, and honestly, I think it might be the running title. Shawnee got high. Erica got drunk. <laughs> Yo, that might be. That I might like be it. it. I will say also, Kenny Omega. Also, we talk about AEW. Yeah, Kenny Omega actually probably cut his best promo leading into Cole coming out, by the way. I liked it. It I was very good. That. Although, like, talk about a jack nerd. When he's, like, when he fucking drops the Urkel quote. I know. It was an he Urkel said- before you were born, Kenny. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> he's <laughs> such an ancient reference. He's so he's such a nerd. He's so, like he's so it's so remarkable though. I'm like, you're this big fucking nerd, but you'll just 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 tope for as 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 you just the day is long. Like it's we, remarkable. What a talent. What, what adds to him being a nerd for saying that is he was it, it reminded me of that kid who was trying to be funny. So he said the joke twice to <laughs> try to get a because no one laughed the first time. So right. I'm gonna try to say it again. Yes. Because he said it during the match. I think when he put Christian through a table, he yelled it out. Ah. And then he had to say it again in the promo. He's just was, a real big family matters fan. <laughs> Clearly. Loves it. It, it, it who felt isn't? like right. It felt as if 
like no one laughed at the joke the first time, so maybe they didn't hear me, so I'm just gonna say it again. <laughs> well, this is right. so long before the guys. new day shows up at AEW. I can't uh, wait to see them finally get to face off in the ring. What do you think? 2023, 2024? Like the, Xavier Woods shouted out Adam Cole on Raw. I saw that. As he I should. Saw that. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, why? Do you want to keep that bread buttered once your company finally sinks into the depths of the ocean there, Xavier? You want to make sure you shout <laughs> as you he know, should. <laughs> right, right. Now, I think, you know, a lot of guys, because of the relationships they have there, the Finn Balors of the world, if and when WWE just finally just really goes into the shithole, the New Day is going to have a home. Uh, I think Finn Balor will have a home. I'd like Finn Balor going back to New Japan and then just saying like, nope, I'm taking Bullet Club back over again. And then, hypothetically speaking, AEW still has the working relationship. Well, yeah, you could do that. And then I like that because I like the idea of um, Finn or of Fergal Devitt and and Switchblade Jay White being together in the same space. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Like good cop, bad cop kind of thing going on while they try to peacefully coexist would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like <sighs> comedy and tragedy. Yes. Fergal's just always smiling, even when he's a bad guy. If, yeah. If now, after this WWE run, I don't care what, like, you, you could peel his face off and I only saw the exposed muscle. I would still see that smile because he just <laughs> had it, like, permanently <laughs> throughout his, uh, all right, cool. Guys, I just want to say real quick, completely off subject. Oh, oh, for me, Blues Clues was like my my go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Steve from Blues Clues just like released his video talking to all of his fans and giving closure as to why he left, and like Aww. he he talks as Steve, but it's a, a much more real. Like it is so. Oh, I felt every bit of it because I watched that every day. Like he's talking about how life got hard. He's like, yeah, you got student loans now and it's hard, you know? And like, but he's still talking as Steve and it's so fucking great. Everyone's sharing it right now on Facebook. It is so, I just shared it on Facebook. It is so fucking great. If you were anywhere near that show way back when, it is fucking gold. All right. So you heard it, nerds. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.